Kings of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trunapol. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Jackpot Joey Burrow and those Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, who won the AFC North? If anybody's forgotten. Now, I am on an hour earlier because Mike Petraglia is supposed to be joining me. So, Trags, if you're out there, I'm waiting on you. <laughs> anyway, so if not, it's going to be you and me. But if you found the show, uh, and you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do me a favor. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberries. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. And also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you guys like to support what I'm doing, or if you have a question for me or Trags, 
if he shows up, which I'm hoping he does, <laughs> look, give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, Trag just texted me back and he said he'll be here at 445. All right, so <laughs> it's getting later and later. So, all right, hopefully we will have him on uh, uh, then. One second. Okay. See you then. <laughs> then. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Live show, people. Anyway, uh, Trags is a very busy guy. I said I appreciate any time he can give me. Uh, also, he was... The first guy I saw, this is what I've been dying to ask him. First guy I saw to tweet out the L. Collins uh, deal is done. He was the first guy I saw, so I want to I want to talk to him about that. So anyway, what's up to everybody in the uh, chat crew? Rob, what's going on? Josh, Richard, who else is in there? Uh, just you three. <laughs> so what's up? How about get in the car but who day <laughs> or you're about to get in the car who i got you i got you rob i got you well i appreciate you jumping on and listening to me early so all right so we're kind of kind of free will it here till uh tries gets here but we got an upcoming weekend and it just came up that um adam Schefter just tweeted out of when the Bengals are going to start their uh otas their offseason workouts and stuff and it is may 2nd now for what i understand and i don't know all the details but i've was under the impression that if you had a new coach, you could start earlier. And I know that's one of the reasons why the Bengals are one of the teams that are not starting earlier. Some of them are starting in, in, in April and the rest of them are starting in May. And I know that's one of the reasons, but I looked at the list. I know not all those teams have new coaches. So I do know that's one of the reasons why the Bengals can't start until uh, May and not April. But either way, if they are outside, I'll be up there on that bridge watching them and trying to get some cool videos and putting it together for you guys. Now, I don't know about you guys, but it's kind of weird because I think it was yesterday. Yeah, March 31st was supposed to be opening day for the Reds. And did you miss it? I mean, I I didn't really. I mean, I, I'm kind of ex- almost excited. I mean, I'm always interested. I'm, I've been watching the Reds. Uh, training camp or spring training when they've been on uh, the different channels that I have, I've gotten to watch them and I just having a hard time really getting into them. And especially when Bob Cassidy and he comes out and they do this interview with Tommy throw and it's nothing against Tommy throw, but I think that whole interview supposed interview was staged. <laughs> I, I think Bob Cassidy is lying through his teeth when he says, of course, we're trying to win them. Of course, we're, you know, we're trying to do this under a budget and yada, yada, yada. And, and like, but look, look, I hope I'm wrong. I, I've said this before. I hope that I am completely and totally wrong about the Reds. I hope they come in, they are competitive and they go to the playoffs and they win this whole daggone thing. You know, I hope I'm totally wrong about that. But if you're looking at the team from what we had last year and what we had two years ago, to me, I just don't see it, you know? And I'm a little disappointed that if we're going to re- rebuild Nick Lodolo, one of our highest uh, prospects didn't make the team, but Hunter Green didn't. So I'm, ex- I'm excited, excited to see him. And I know crown up a kid. Who's one of my loyal viewers is very excited to see 
a Hunter Green pitch. I know he pitched last night and he got destroyed. <laughs> it wasn't a very good outing for his final outing before he goes uh, and makes his first uh, start. He'll be the number four starter. I was just kind of hoping that Lodolo would be on there. Now, I do think Lodolo will make his Major League de de debut this year, and I think the Reds are going to have a lot of players making their Major League debut. That does not bode well for uh, to me for a team that you are trying to sell us that is going to compete this year. Uh, we're not we're not stupid, <laughs> you know. We're not dumb baseball fans, you know. I mean, I'm going to go to games. I said at first I wasn't going to go to. I will go to a couple Reds games. I went to one last year, to be honest, because um, I love going down to the ballpark. Uh, you know, it's fun. I, I probably won't if it's freezing here in April. I might not go until it gets warm, but. I like going down there, having a dog and a beer and chilling out and, and watching baseball for a couple hours. It's fun. Right? But if you had a competitive baseball team and I, as a fan, felt that you were actually trying to win and trying to compete, I would probably go to more games. I know people say, well, it's because they got so many games on TV and yada, yada, yada. I was like, nah, dude, every Bengals game is on TV. <laughs> you know, every game is on TV. and the the this year the the stadium is I they are so close to being sold out of every game so I don't want to hear that I know there's a lot more baseball games I understand I'm not saying the Reds are since I was going to sell out uh, GABP they will if we go to the playoffs or something like that and opening day which actually I think opening opening day opening what else whatever they even call it because it's not actually opening day it's one of the first home game here is still not sold out and to me that kind of should tell Bob Castellini a red flag going ah. Well, maybe people don't believe uh, we're trying to win. Like maybe we're, you know, not as we're not as sly as we th we thought we were. No, this fan base is pretty smart, and we know when we have a team that's trying to win, and when we have a team that's not trying to win. And I'm sorry, the Bengals are doing everything they possibly can do to win. I mean, literally. I mean, they are even talking about an indoor practice facility, people. And one thing I want to bring up is I'm excited that they're they're talking about that. And I'm hoping that's also wrapped into somehow a Bengals Hall of Fame because that would be cool. Because I'm thinking, from if you guys are down there, you know, where they, they got the concrete factory hilltop. I think the bubble's going to go there. And then if you go on the other side of the bridge, there's another big, uh, they use it, it's a gravel lot uh, that they use for parking. And uh, it's, I think hilltop runs that out for parking or whatever. Anyway, to me, that's the spot to put the Bengals Hall of Fame right there, too, as well. And I would love them to get a Bengals Hall of Fame. And that's the one thing I think that I think needs to happen after, obviously, we get the indoor practice facility. Hopefully, it all happens at the same time. But but just the fact that Katie Blackburn has literally come out and said that they're looking at spots. Now, I don't think it's going to be up in Mason, or I don't think it's going to be over here on the west side. It's going to be somewhere down downtown close to the stadium. Um, like I said, I'm assuming it's going to be Hilltop because from what I've heard and been told, is it has to be zoned different or something. And the city's been working on that for the last couple of years, trying to zone it so the Bengals can put their practice facility there. And it just makes more sense. Why would you have a practice facility that's, you know, in Clifton, like they use the, the Bearcats one or in Mason, or then you have to do the same thing that you're doing now is go get on a bus and go to Clifton. You might as well just keep using the Bearcats one. So I'm assuming that they're going to have it somewhere close uh, downtown for uh, the players to be able to, to walk to it. Um, and I know what speaking of walking, and this one it cracks me up. I do my Bengals uh bridge crew uh videos, 
And I'll stand out there and I'll video the guys and say hi and welcome back to the season and everything. And then when they're walking across the street, I've had not so many people, but I had a couple people going, I can't believe they have to walk across the street to the practice facility. Like, that is the worst thing ever. I'm like, people have to walk from their practice facility in a grassy area to the, the practice field. It's the same thing. It's just a freaking street. That's the only difference. I've never understood why some Bengal fans get so uptight by, by that. But anyway. He has joined us live. He is in the waiting room. He is none other than Mike Pertaglia. Pertaglia, man. I, my last name's Trinopol. You think I'd be better saying his name? My 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 apologies for for that. But I just like calling him Trags. Anyway, let's get to Trags. <laughs> Trags is good by me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's easier. I, it's, I, I just go with Trags is a lot easier. Ice yeah, man. I just go by Strawberry or Iceman most of the time. <laughs> it's easy or Jeff. You know that's work. That, that whatever works. So, Trags, what's going on, man? We've had a pretty uh, eventful off season here. One of the more uh, eventful off seasons I can ever remember the Bengals having, and significant as well. And uh, I think every Bengal fan tuning in right now and watching us uh, would agree that the most positive takeaway is the fact that the Bengals saw a need in the Super Bowl that wasn't addressed and they addressed it right away in free agency. They didn't wait till the draft. They didn't um, try and get a go bargain hunting, right? right. Bargain right. shopping during right. free agency. Mm-hmm. They like went out. supposed to be cheap, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they went out and got their guys. Mm-hmm. And most impressively, Taron Armstead went to the Miami Dolphins, right? And he went there for about, what, $45 million, something yeah. like that? Yeah, something like that. Then, Bengals uh, went out and got Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and, of course, Lael Collins yep. for as much, for all intents and purposes, for as much as the Miami Dolphins paid Taron Armstead. You tell me this isn't a new era in Bengal management. Exactly. Bengal approach. Yeah, exactly. And they, they did the same thing last year with the cornerbacks when they, when they let Willie J. Uh, three leave and they signed uh, – Mike Hilton and uh, Cheetah Bay Wuzier for the same price as Washington pay, paid a uh, 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 Willie J three. So I mean, it's it's a precedent that they've done before, and it's worked. And it's worked out tremendously because I mean, Mike Hilton and Cheetah Bay were huge parts of the team last year. And one thing I got, I got to give a credit to you because I was on vacation the week when L was uh, getting signed, and you were the first person that I saw that tweeted it out that said that confirmed that he was signing i'm like oh good yes great <laughs> i was dude i was going nuts i was in florida trying to find out what was going on because i'm like most Bengals fans i'm like trade for him give him give him 31 give him 31 and give him the second right do because do, i didn't want him to go to free agency you know right and the Bengals not be able to pay him but that they they did i mean and, and that's that's the other crazy thing about this they stuck to their guns and it worked and you know you don't do that Unless you have plan B and plan C and even plan D uh, in your holster, right? You don't do that. You don't gamble in losing him to somebody else uh, unless you have something behind that. And the Bengals certainly did. But their option number one was to get Lael. Obviously, Lael is going to have a very good relationship with Joe Burrow, both of them. LSU uh, products and uh, Jamar Chase and uh, Thad Moss, I might add. Um, But... There is a synergy there now uh, amongst the offensive linemen and Burrow. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really important 
for the Bengals to get Burrow to a place where he feels comfortable, that they went out and did the very best they could to get him more protection and get the offense more protection. This isn't just about Joe Burrow. It's about not being able to gain a yard five times in the Super Bowl. And, And I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. That is one thing the Bengals are going to absolutely positively have to address next year. When it comes time, third and two, can you get two yards? When it comes third and one, can you get a yard? Can you get one yard when it matters most? And the Bengal, and and that wasn't just in the Super Bowl. Fans no. obviously watching this know that that happened way too often throughout the season. It happened in the Jet game a couple of times. Well, red um, zone uh, uh, multiple times. <laughs> And, and one of the toughest things to do, obviously, in the red zone is run the ball in a low red zone. And the Bengals had trouble. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs game almost turned into a catastrophe because of that. Right. Exactly. So that's that had to be addressed. That absolutely had to be addressed. Yeah. And, and to, to add up to your point, how excited do you think Joe Mixon is? Because this will be the first Pretty time excited. ever in his, his Bengal career that he ha- actually has an offense line. I mean, tracks. he can actually – Make his first cut beyond the offensive line. What a concept! He could actually run right. You know, it, it's it's different. It, it, I don't. Well, and and remember, this is Lael Collins who blocked for Zeke in yes. um, Dallas, and yep. uh, he has he knows a, a bit or two about uh, blocking for premier running backs who sometimes take their time to pick a hole, and when they hit the hole, they they're gone. Right. And I mean. Obviously, Zeke Elliott is different than Joe Mixon. I mean, he's yeah. a different type of running back, but still, no. what you're trying to do is give him just, you know, half a foot to a foot of daylight mm-hmm. where Mixon's like, oh, that's all the space I need. I'm gone. Well, and that's the thing, too. Is, 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 I don't think we're going to run the ball anymore, but I think it's going to be more, and I've said this a couple of times, I think it's going to be more of quality of runs that Mixon's going to have now instead of quantity because he's not, he's, Yes, he's going to have losses. It's going to happen, but he's not going to have as many. I mean, how many how many times would he, you know, do a five yard run and then he turn around and do a three yard loss? You know, I mean, in his Bengal career, that those are going to be less and less this year. So his his runs per average are, is going to skyrocket compared to what it's been. If you can run the ball, Iceman, if you can run the ball, your play action is going to be infinitely better. Yes. Burrow is going to be a lot more effective throwing in play action. Um, I mean, was, he was okay this year, from my recollection, of throwing in play action. But it was almost like play action was an afterthought. Play action was forced upon um, the, the offense, and and obviously Brian Callahan and and Zach Taylor. They they were kind of forced into going to play action. Now they can implement play action as a main ingredient in the offense to throw it in there with you know the goes to uh, Jamar and T Higgins down the field. Exactly. Now, everybody wants to know what uh, the Bengals might do at 31. Matthew here says, who they from Canada? If uh, Kenyon Green and Tyler Linenbaum are both there at 31, which one would you guys take? Linderbaum. That's, that's, I'm with you. I mean, uh, to me, that's a no doubter. Everything I've read about the guy is he's a generational um, uh, center. Center. Mm -hmm. And um, who's the center from Kansas City? Hold on a minute. (laughs) <laughs> um uh the one that drafted last year uh yep uh crap. i got my flip card from the afc title game see this? that's there why you i keep them hey the nice that's why nice. i keep them creed humphrey yes humphreys there you go thank you yes and everything i've read sorry about that everything no, i've fine. read 
is that uh, he can be another Humphrey. I mean, you you come across guys that can you know play in a big time program against big time uh, you know opponents like right. uh, he did at Iowa. I think you know that there's a lot to be said for that, and I think uh, you know certainly. You know, if Linderbaum is available there, uh, the Bengals scoop him up. The other guy that I want to focus on is uh, Kair Alam from Florida. And, you know, I don't – obviously, Sauce is not going to be around. He's gone now, I, 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 the first I, I, three or four picks, yeah. probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Daniel Jeremiah has him going at number two now to the, to the Lions. I, I, I don't that. doubt that. I mean, yeah. you know, we've seen what uh, an elite, elite, long cornerback – Mm-hmm. can be a value to an NFL team, especially in the passing game. If you can shut down half the side of the field or, you know, even a third of the field, that's incredibly important to a defense. But Stingley's not going to be around from LSU. So no. I, I'd like to see if they go with um, – if Alam's available, do they go in that direction um, if Linderbaum is off the board? The other guy I would keep a very close eye on, and in my final year uh, covering Boston College football – uh, before I left uh, in 2020, Zion Johnson. Yes. He is a monster. And he is somebody I would keep a very, very close eye on uh, at a Boston college. He is somebody you could put in there for depth. And suddenly the Bengals, you know, B plus or even B offensive line becomes B plus A minus. Oh, absolutely. With their depth. And yeah. Bengals were very fortunate this year that they got through most of the season without significant injury. They lost Riley Reef, yes, um, and they obviously uh, lost a couple of others along the offensive interior offensive line, and they were forced to make do. They did so, got to the Super Bowl. But if you have, you know, young pieces in that line, um, and, and you're able to add somebody like Linderbaum, or you're able to add a Zion Johnson and they believe that's the best player on the board, then that's the direction I'm very confident the Bengals would go. Yeah, and that's what the best thing about what they did in the offseason as far as free agency goes is they can draft the best player available. Which, And the yeah, other thing great if, point. Yeah, if, if uh, Leonard Baum is there, I think they're taking him because I've had some people going, well, they, they signed Ted Karras, and they said he's going to be center. I was like, well, Ted Karras also said, you know, because Dave Lapham asked him, what's your favorite position? And he said center. He goes, well, that's because that's what I'm playing this year. Ted Karras, I don't think cares. He'll play left guard, right guard. He'll play quarterback if he wanted to. He just wants to play football. He doesn't care where he plays. Obviously, I covered him in New England with the Patriots, and he is a great, quiet leader, very intelligent. And look, when you have the trust of Tom Brady uh, to play either center or guard, Mm -hmm. that tells you all you need to know about the intelligence level of Ted Karras. And uh, very likable, um, a terrific leader. Um, there's just so much to like about Ted Karras, and um, I think Bengal fans will really, really love him. Obviously, he has to produce on the field, and he has to be consistent, right. uh, and he has to stay on the field. Uh, all of those things, uh, assuming all of those factors are in play, uh, Bengal fans are going to love Ted Karras. Yeah, and, and to your point that you're saying that the Bengals were, were relatively healthy all last year, which they were, and that that comes to to, to what my point, what I've been saying, if, if Leonard Bong or, or whoever at 31, there's not a guy there that they are like, that's the guy we want. You know, if if there's they're not a guy that's set on a 31, I can completely see the Bengals trading back and getting more picks because I think, well, one, we have to 
improve the depth on this team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because in a couple years here, we got Jackpot Joey Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, all those guys coming up in contracts. And most of the guys on the defense are all free agents, and you got to be able to replenish them. They're not going to be able to sign everybody. So no. this a draft I think they need to do a lot of depth in. Well, uh, it'll be interesting how they decide to go uh, in that direction. The other wild card is how do they view Jesse Bates? All right. Oh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have Jesse Bates this year. Mm-hmm. They have Jesse Bates next year if they so choose to franchise him. It'd probably right. be around $14 million, mm-hmm. $13 million this year, maybe 13, 14 and a half next year. But anyway, um, do they decide if, if – Jesse doesn't want to sign long-term at a reasonable deal that is obviously fair to him, but also good to the team in terms of their flexibility as they approach Burrow and, and T and obviously Jamar. Um, they've got to think for their next three to four years down the road, what is this going to, how is this roster going to take shape? Your point's a good one about stockpiling draft picks. However, if you're in the first round and you, and there's a, a talent like Linderbaum available, you take him. You're not drafting back. I, I don't think if that kind of talent is available and he's an impact player like a Kair Alam, because there's a lot of drop-off in the corners after the first round from everything I've read and studied. Um, you know, I think the Bengals are smart enough to know you know, maybe we can take a second-round pick and trade back. Maybe we can do a third-round pick, trade back. You know, or maybe we can do second and third round picks, trade back twice and get instead of two picks, you know, instead of, you know, trading pick for pick, you get two extra picks. Maybe that's right. how they decide to do it. Exactly. Now, this has got to be a, a April Fool's joke here by a Crip Keeper here <laughs> because he says, guys, guys, what the hell? We are trading Joe Mixon. It's on NFL Network right now. Are you guys seeing this? What the hell is going um, on? Why do we I, do this? I think my phone would be blowing up a little yeah, bit I'm more. Like, if, uh, right. I, I, I'm safe to say, uh, I feel safe in saying that if Joe Burrow, <laughs> Joe Mixon right. were being traded, um, I would have more than just three text messages from my older daughter at Miami of Ohio <laughs> on my phone right now. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I don't, I don't have any, any, inside, any inside information. No, any, I, any I, I would say that's probably... A uh, April Fool's <laughs> joke. I think it's safe. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it is. There you go. Yeah, Robert. there we go. Robert says oh, April Fool's. That's so why I'm like, there is no way they're trading them. I'm like, what? No. I looked at my phone. I'm like, there's no way. Anyway, Crypt Keeper is is one of my loyal listeners, and he's kind of a silly guy. Yeah. But uh, let's get to. Um, he now, tried. He yeah. He said, "Gotcha." Yeah. Well, you, no, you didn't really get us. We didn't believe you, so that doesn't count. <laughs> but I want to get to 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 Linderbaum and and and. I do think there's a, a shot that he could be there at third away. I didn't think there was at the beginning of the draft season, but since he's got short arms now, a lot of the mock drafts that I've done, which you know, mock drafts taken for what they're worth, he's been there. So, and, and Elon has been there too. So there's a good chance that one of those guys could be there. Uh, I, yeah, short arms, but he's a center and you're more concerned about um, his ability to call protections and his abilities to adjust um, and overall his tape against superior competition, like I said before, right. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason NFL scouts have him, um, slotted where they have him and, uh, why he was invited and impressed at, um, the NFL combine in Indy. Look, I mean, 
you're gonna you can find a weakness about any player if you really well, start. Remember, Joe, Joe Burrow was going to retire because he had short, small hands. Remember that? Remember that tweet? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I do. Now this is another one that uh, a guy that I kind of like that uh, natural was put up here is Andrew Booth. I think he'd be a good pick. Now somebody was telling me also that he might be injured, which I, I don't. I'm not aware of that. I still haven't had time to. to haven't look. done my. I, I should have done my homework on Andrew Booth, but um, yeah. you know he is a. Um, He's a corner. Yes. Right? Yes, and, he's a corner. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that if they take him late, uh, later in the draft, maybe the second day of the draft, if he's around, uh, maybe the Bengals do that. You know, you right. don't really know. Um, maybe he's a guy that they trade, you know, they trade back in the sector. They trade their second round pick and they trade back and he's still available and then they take him. And then it's not. And that's the other thing about trading back. When you take extra picks, it doesn't feel nearly as much of a risk when you take a reach on somebody who has, let's say, an injury history or mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. who's got out a year in college. Or you or draft a kicker. Who, what's that? I said, or you draft a kicker. Uh, yeah, I think they're set at that for now. <laughs> I think, well, I meant because they draft, traded back last year. That's how. That's one of the reasons I think they were able to draft uh, Evan McPherson. Correct. Um, but the other thing we keep in mind uh, in a draft situation is there's so much – uh, conversation that goes on between teams and general managers as the draft is going on and the dynamics of the draft change so quickly. But um, I still love the point you made that uh, the way the Bengals approached pre-agency aggressively allows them to, you know, maybe take a heavier swing in, in the draft than they normally would. Maybe they stay slotted at 31 and take the best available player instead of trading back. We don't know. I mean, because we really don't know what their attitude is in that draft room. And we'll have a, a chance a couple of times to, at least once, to talk to Duke Tobin and probably Zach Taylor before the draft. But, um, you know, barring them spilling the secrets, which they will not do. <laughs> they won't, yeah. Um, you know, we're not going to find out how they really view um, you know, the bottom third of the first round of the draft. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the thing that that's so cool about this draft uh, this year for, for like last year's we knew, we knew no matter what they all said, we knew they were going to draft jackpot Joey Burrow in the first round. We knew it. And huh. we either last year we knew it's either going to be chase or it's going to be Panay Sewell. So there wasn't a whole lot of drama this year to me. I, I think I find it so interesting because, who knows? It, it really depends on which way the draft goes. And like I said, since the Bengals have put themselves in this great position, they can go just draft the best player available. I mean, there, there's they could. I don't think they're going to, but they could go draft a wide receiver if they if, could. That yeah. I, I had Butch Hobson, Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com on my podcast uh, yesterday. You can of course uh, get the Jungle Roar podcast wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcast um Absolutely. i listen to it all the time <laughs> and and if you listen to yesterday's with jeff hobson he suggested exactly that possibility mm -hmm. that if there is a wide receiver that they feel is the best player on the board clearly the best player on the board they will take the wide receiver and because you don't know what's going to happen with tyler Boyd, he's probably going to get his money and and leave cincinnati and you know nobody's going to begrudge him that He's had a great career with the Bengals, but you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared for what's next. And that's the job of any general manager in the National Football League, always asking the question, what's next? What's next the next year? What's next in the next three years? What's next? 
Yeah, that's the thing is, is that people have gotten on me here about looking to the future and stuff. And I, you know, and I'm sorry, but the contract of Joe Burrow, Mixon, and, and, and T. Higgins is hanging over their head. It's going, it's going to happen. And I've said this. I mean, TB, this is his last contract with the Bengals. I, 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 I yeah. love him, but it's this is his last contract. Joe Mixon, th- those two for sure. This is their their last contracts with the Bengals because unfortunately the positions they play, you can draft guys and replace them. You know, relatively easy. Now. What I think would be interesting is Chris Olave. If he is there at 31, mm. I will not be shocked if they take him. I, I, I wouldn't either. I, I uh, He's an Ohio guy, obviously, and um, Burrow would love – I mean, and Burrow, I'm sure, has a history with him. Right. Um, with, you know, his Ohio State roots mm-hmm. uh, before he went to LSU. I would be very surprised if he were – I'd be very surprised if he were still on the board at at yeah. 31. I well, would. responsibility, though. Yeah, that, that's the name. That, I think James Rapine is the one that keeps throwing, throwing it out there the most. But that's the one I, I keep I will hearing. have to have a discussion with James. <laughs> Go there, smack his head. Bad James. No. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that. but if he's there, yeah. And and that's – and it's not crazy to, to – to, at first, I'm like, there's no way they're going to do that. They're, they're going to draft a wide receiver. But, like you said, if that's the best player they have on their board – then that's what you do, and that's what the yes. position they put themselves in. And you can go out and and get another cornerback because I think they are still going to get another cornerback either in the in the draft or in free agency. But I personally don't think they're going to sign anybody outside of their organization. Like I, I think uh, uh, Trey Flowers, I think they're going to sign him. At least I hope so. And maybe Larry Larry but Larry might be like more of a June thing, depending on his foot. But I don't think they're gonna sign anybody outside the, the organization until after the draft right now to see how the draft goes. I so really like, you know, I liked Trey Flowers a lot. Not just as a corner who could um or a defensive back who could uh defend tight ends very, very well uh, for the most part, <laughs> but he was great on special teams. Yes. Mm-hmm. And special teams is a big deal. And you know. He is the kind of free agent you bring back at the right terms if he's still out there. And I think Trey Flowers certainly loved going to the Super Bowl with this team. Right. Uh, who wouldn't? Um, I, I, I think there's it. a place on the Bengals for a guy like that if he wants to come back and, and try to win a spot. And I think he would certainly have the upper hand if he did come back. Yeah, I'm kind of – I'm a little surprised that he has it. Or they haven't signed Trey Flowers yet. Now, one thing I want to roll back to, to the Jesse Bates uh, comment, and this is where I was trying to go until – Crib keeper just kind of took the show over there with the uh, whole yeah, joke. But this is one thing now. Blake Jewell was on my show uh, last week, and he put and he put this out there, and I, and I I agree with him that you and I, I think the Bengals are are are, are not going to do this because just look at the contracts that they've signed. They all been very smart contracts. They haven't been over the top, but they haven't been cheap. They paid their players. Yep. I don't think they're going to break the pa- break the bank and pay Jesse Bates one. I'm sorry. The season he had, he doesn't uh, account to getting paid a ton. The playoffs do. He played really good in the playoffs. But that's where I'm like, I could see the Bengals possibly moving on from him if they don't, not this year, but possibly next year. If they don't get a deal done uh, next year, there could be a possibility of them trading him and moving on and trying to 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 get more draft picks, more players, something like with for Jesse Bates. Instead of franchise tagging him twice and just letting him go for a compensatory pick, which they might not get because they've signed so many free agents. So, um, your suggestion is that, or the suggestion is that he would be traded after the year. 
Yeah, after not after this year. He, they yes, uh, I this could year. see that. I, yeah. I definitely could see that. They're not going to trade him before this season. They no, wouldn't. no, no. They, they, they would not franchise tag out this year, and then if they can't get anything done next year, I can't see them tagging him again. I mean, they can't. Um, but I they could. From I mean, they could, but yeah, they'd probably try to move on from him and, and get some compensatory uh, picks. And uh, I think they are going to make a strong bid because he's 25. Right, right, right. Because he's 25, he is entering his prime in theory. Um, I see the uh, I see Michael Madden um, is sending us a message that says, is it true that Bates wants between 18 and 20? David Mulligetta might want between 18 and $20 million. And he wants the Jamal Adams contract. Yes. And I, I think his agent is screwing him, but to be honest. I do think there's part of that. But here's where, I mean, at 25, Jesse Bates has got to put his big boy's pants on and go and, and talk to David and say, hey, look, I love Cincinnati. If right. you get a deal that's four years, $65 million, um, which is just a little north of you know, 15 a year or 16 a year, let's say 16 a year for four years would be what? 72. Is my math right there? 16 times four. You're asking the wrong guy. Um, <laughs> math don't get no, along. I, I'll go with whatever you say. 64, 64 <laughs> million. So that would be 16 over four years, 64 million, maybe bump it up to 65, 66 with uh, signing bonus money. Um, and as I pointed out, uh, in my last column for CLNS, what's what's significant to understand is that the Bengals can do a lot uh, with regard to guaranteed money or bonus money, and um, well, guaranteed money versus uh, future guaranteed money. Right, it's how they break down the contract through bonuses, and there's a lot that they can do and get creative, and they're willing to be creative for Jesse, but they're not going to go above a certain figure, and what we don't know is what that certain figure is. I don't think they're going to approach $18 million. No way. Uh-uh. I'd be shocked if they went that high right. uh, for that position. I just would. Uh, that's me. So what, what's the what's a franchise tag? What what is that that number at right now? Uh, it's twelve point nine, I believe. Okay, because because I think they're at my, just my my own personal opinion. I think they're at thirteen to fourteen mil, and that's that's about it. That's where I think I think they go. I think they go fifteen to 15. sixteen. Okay. Uh, oh, long long term, and yes. the other thing to keep in mind is the years. Right. You know, they would might give them short money, give them three years. You know, give them the 16 and a half, but only over three years. Right. And the thing I don't understand, and then, like you said, uh, Jesse might have to put his big boy pants on and tell him, hey, I'll take, I don't have to be the highest paid safety, which actually Jesse Bates was on NFL Network and said that, I, that I don't have to be the highest paid safety in the league. So that's where I'm kind of like, okay, if you're saying that and you love Cincinnati and you want to be here and you were all in last year, then you you need to, like you said, I think you, you're, I'm with you. He needs to put his big boy pants on and say, hey, Get me signed, you know. Well, I mean, what he can do is he could take a three-year contract that's heavily guaranteed, and then he's still only twenty-eight, right? And then go out and get an even bigger contract mm-hmm. um, if he's willing to bet on himself and still have forty-five million dollars in the bank or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever. I mean, seriously, that's how. If you're Jesse Bates, don't you want? to see how this run with Burrow 
at least goes for the next three or four years with Jamar, with T, with Tyler Boyd. Mm -hmm. I mean, this team is pretty loaded. And if you're if you're someone like Jesse Bates, you've got a lot in front of you as well on the on the defense. People forget how good a linebacker Logan Wilson is. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And he is a very smart, you know, you know, the knock on him was he couldn't move side to side and he can't, you know, cover in space and all that. But he is an exceptional middle linebacker. Absolutely. And you've got got that guy. You've got Joseph Asai coming back, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, is going to be a rookie. I'm really fascinated to see how he plays. I'm you got, really curious about that one. That, that's one everybody keeps saying, oh, we got an edge. Well, yes. But we don't know because you only saw one game. So to me, that's not something that they could definitely bank on. But I am excited yeah, I to see what he can do. It's going to be pretty spectacular. But yeah. we'll see. You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you've got Hubbard, you got Hendrickson, and you've got BJ Hill, and you've got uh, DJ Reader. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a lot on that defense, mm-hmm. and you're going to have whatever is going to come in the draft uh, this year. So if you're Jesse Bates, I think you you want to sign maybe if you if you. Don't get your long-term contract four or five years. Maybe you take three years, still get a lot of money, and uh, then move on. and And then you have peace of mind, and you can say, "I'm I'm done with thinking about the contract for the next three years. I'm good." And that that's to me that that would be the more important thing because I I think the contract was on his mind during the season. No, at the beginning of the year that he admitted yes. that. Yes, and, and that to me that's like you know I, I agree. Go take a three-year contract. Go bank forty-five million dollars in your bank. And try to see how this run goes and then go make more money. Because the thing is, if you're playing to not get hurt, because that's got to be in his mind. He's on a, if he takes another year as a franchise, if he gets hurt, then he's he's screwed. You know, he's, he's going to be like Larry Ogunjobi, who, you know, broke his foot and now can't get a long term contract because of, of his foot. And that could, that's what is going to be on Jesse Bates' mind all the time. So if you take a three year deal with, you know, like I said, 45 million in the bank. Go for it and see what happens. And, but at least you have that. That's where this agent is driving me nuts. And it kind of scares me because he's also the agent for T. Higgins as well, too, where he's you know beating his chest. Like, Look what I got here. Look what I got here. And like, yeah, but you might be screwing Jesse Bates in the long run. Correct. And I, but, you know, the, the Bengals have been often criticized for not paying uh, free agents, but the Bengals have a terrific history of paying their own players. Oh, absolutely, yes. And people, and I think most savvy Bengal fans are very aware of that, that if the if the player has proven himself worthwhile in the organization, they're going to do everything in their power to get the guy uh, signed and returned to the team. And give Troy and Katie Blackburn a lot of credit for that. They're savvy, they're smart. And, and if I want to tell Bengal fans one thing that I've learned about uh, the Blackburns and how the Bengals are run in my first year covering this franchise is that they do they don't do a lot of public talking they don't do a lot of public posturing for the most part they get the business done behind closed doors and that is the best chance in this day and age um, for a team having a chance to bring a player back Absolutely. And speaking, uh, speaking of that, since you brought up the, uh, they don't do a whole lot of public speaking with Katie coming out uh, this week and publicly saying that they are actively looking for a indoor practice facility, which I know just Bengals fans. It's so would, overblown, but go ahead. Yes. 
It is. I agree. I agree. It's completely overblown. And, and I like that it's just to build the stupid thing so we can stop hearing about it. I mean, to be honest, that's that's where I'm at. But but Katie and the Blackburns don't say anything about stuff like this unless it's actually in the works. So that's a good a good sign that this is in the works. And and, and I got a question that you said they were blown. I agree that I don't think it's that big of a deal because because she got asked, are you doing this to attract free agents? Well, look who they've attracted the last three years. Correct. We haven't had one, so I don't think. Great point, Iceman. Yeah, I think Joe yeah. Burrow is more the attraction than the indoor practice facility. Yeah, I would think so. The, the reason they want the indoor facility is so that they don't have to bus up to UC right. when the weather gets bad. They want that facility across the street, convenient, so that the players, you know, like they do in a lot of other NFL teams, they can um, easily adjust and and uh, make the transit inside the facility, and they can do a little more planning. You know, let's say that the Bengals are playing in in Tampa next year, early in the season, and it's going to be ninety degrees. Well, you can go indoors and replicate heat and humidity even better than you know if it's hot or not outside you don't know you don't control the weather but when you're in an indoor facility you can control those conditions and that's what belichick used to do all the time with the patriots when they would get ready to go down to miami he would crank up the heat to about 80 or 85 in the bubble and it would simulate those type of conditions and conditioning uh and get the team ready and I, I always thought that was really important. And that's really why you do it. So you can not only control climate for when it gets cold, but you can control climate when you go to a real warm weather area or, um, you know, some type of conditions that you're not experiencing uh, in Cincinnati. Right. Absolutely. Because I, I, I remember uh, I go to a lot of the practices and I, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I'm the crazy guy that's usually on the bridge <laughs> overlooking the practice yeah. field watching them. And um, I am so, a nice man. I, I've seen you up there. <laughs> we should say hi sometime. I no, should. <laughs> Although oh. they they frown upon me going across the warning track in the back of the field, um, uh, just to go off yeah. to the. Well, that's by the way where I think one of the sites might be for the indoor facility, right? Close, you know, on the bridge side yeah. of the practice facility. I think that's a possibility. I'm not saying I know anything because I don't. Right. It's going to be down. That's it's going to be down there. Some people are like, "Oh, well, they're going to put it up Mason." They're not going to put it up at Mason. They're going to. No. That's stupid. Anyway, that just no, that's just no. dumb. But what I was going to say was, I remember last year, uh, I got caught in a torrential downpour. I was stuck on the bridge, and it was just dumping. And I'm going, "Yeah, this would be kind of nice for them to have a in the practice practice facility now." And I'll, I'll never forget this because actually it was my last one. I I, I went to. Because like the, the week after that, I ended up getting COVID and then I, they, uh, I never could go back again because then they started doing practice inside the stadium. But anyway, I remember uh, uh, Zach Taylor walking back and I'm standing there soaking wet. And he goes, you're out here every day. I said, yeah, I said, I probably should have brought an umbrella this time, though. He goes, yeah, you should plan better next time. I said, yeah, yeah I agree with you because I was soaking wet. And I'm like, man, you guys are practicing this, but they got to play in it. So it's. It is different, but I mean to 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 practice and try to put a game plan together. It'd be a lot nicer if you have an indoor indoor practice facility. But to the point of the beginning of this conversation, I don't think it has anything to do with attractive free agents or anything no. like that. It's about, prepar- it's about preparation and about uh, suitability um, of you know game conditions during practice. That's exactly. really what it's about. Exactly. All right, Trax, so you give me about 47 minutes. I don't want to keep you much longer. I appreciate you. I know you're a busy guy. Tell everybody about uh, Field Hold Media. 
and your uh, what do you got there? Oh, Villanova. Oh, that's you got you, you got them tonight, or I mean Saturday night. Saturday night. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went there. Proud alumnus. We've had a great run for the last six years. Um, so go Nova. Uh, v for Villanova, V for victory. My stuff, as you were about to say, um, can be found on Twitter at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. You can follow me on Instagram at Trags1 and, of course, at CLNS Media. And then you got your, your podcast, too, that you, you talked about. Jungle Roar Podcast. You can uh, please subscribe and listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That and would Jeff include Hobson. Apple, Stitcher, um, a lot of the, uh, Spotify, any of yep. those platforms pretty much wherever you get your podcast that's what that's yes. what i always say on mine yeah yeah jeff hobson butch is somebody i've been trying dying to get on my show say hey next time you see him say hey you got to go on Iceman's show he's, he's he's a great guy <laughs> I, you know what i'll try i'll try and work him i i have a pretty good end with butch so i'll see what i can do that'll be awesome i appreciate tracks all right man I, again i appreciate it we'll have to do this again sometime who day who day take care see ya all right guys like I said, go follow tracks he's a great guy He's like I said, he takes time out of his day to come on my show. So I appreciate it. He's a great follow. And like I said, he was the one that I, I first one I saw to break the news about Lel Collins. So he is locked in as much as anybody is, as far as anybody who follows the Cincinnati Bengals. So go follow him on Twitter, go follow him on field media and uh, go subscribe to his podcast. All right. With that being said, I think I want to go and roll on out of here. Um, it's the weekend. It's Friday. It's sunny. It's April. Baseball is going to be starting soon. I don't know if anybody's excited about it. I, I like baseball. I love baseball. Actually. I'm not that excited about the Reds. I hope they would do something to improve the team. Like I said, at the beginning of this broadcast, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Reds prove me completely wrong. I hope Bob Kathleen, when he says that he's won the win, that he actually is, and this team's going to be better than I think it is, but we'll find out. Anyway, let me get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Country, Bearcat Ruckus, Cincinnati Reds, Riding Third, Heading for Home, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. Yes, I'm an old guy who does TikTok. It's usually just talking trash about other teams and just enjoy having some fun. I will be pulling off the salad later on tonight, putting it on the podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. You can check it out on BeanPod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, uh, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. The only one I don't think I'm on, I don't think I'm on iHeartMedia or iHeartRadio. So maybe someday I'll get there. Um, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, please to try to boost up my views there. I would appreciate it. YouTubers, I'm at 1,539 subscribers. That is awesome. Trying to roll to 2,000 subscribers. Hopefully by the time the new football season rolls around. So that would be in September. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors to please support my show and sub subscribe to the YouTube channel Sports with Strawberry Ice. And other than that... It's the weekend. Go have some fun. Like I said, I'm looking out the window. It's nice and sunny here in Cincinnati or wherever you guys are watching the show. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. I'll see you Monday. And that's just sports, baby. See ya!
the day, black in the night. Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly. The beast is awake, orange, black and white. Cause when the jungle come alive, who day we Bingo bottle, never stop it till the 